Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host of the podcast today, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. So we are on the security track, an area near and dear to our hearts, and this security track specifically is back to detection and response. So today, we get the pleasure of being joined by one of my favorite people, Tia Hopkins. Tia is the field CTO and chief cyber risk strategist for eCentire. You're going to catch Tia on podcasts, in recommendations, in CRN, all over the place, world-renowned. Excited to have you on, Tia. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So uh, part of the theme, and I think really what has turned into one of my favorite parts of the show, is to understand everybody's path into how they got here. So we know you have this amazing title um, at one of our awesome, awesome security suppliers. Uh, but I would love to know... Has it been a windy path for you from, from where you started to how you got here? Has it been linear? Anything crazy? Uh, I'd love to hear how you got here. Yeah, my path was pretty windy. And interestingly enough, I find that some some people that I really respect in the industry and are really good at what they do did, did not come from linear paths. It's kind of all over the place. For So, so for me specifically, I actually started out uh, in a telecommunications company installing DSL back when everyone was ditching their uh, dial-up modems and uh, when one and a half meg up and down was considered fast. And so that is adjacent to IT, if you will, because if you install high-speed internet in someone's home, then they're going to want to know, well, how do I get that on Wi-Fi and how do I get that on multiple computers? And I've always had a thing for technology. Uh, and so I then shifted into uh, full-on IT work, network systems administration, and I worked my way up to uh, an IT director role at an MSP and then said to myself, okay, what, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? Because at that point it was just, you know, hard knocks, grit, building labs, figuring things out on my own. Um, I, I didn't have any formal education at that point, uh, no certifications. And here I am, this IT director, right? So I'm like, okay, what, what, what am I going to do with myself? And I did some research. And at the time, my options were uh, cloud, uh, DevOps, and cybersecurity. And the more I dug into cybersecurity, the more I fell in love. And uh, what I like to say is I chose it. It chose me back. And, and we've been choosing each other uh, ever, ever since. It just speaks the language I speak. And I absolutely love it. I love it. I do, I do love a windy path. Uh, you, get, <laughs> you get some good experience in that. And you, and you figure out what you like. And you figure out what you don't like, I think, more importantly. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about... Uh, I want to learn a little more about your role uh, specifically at eCentire. And then let's really go into, if anybody's tuning into this and they've not worked with eCentire yet, um, let's understand a little bit who eCentire is. So let's go your role and then uh, some details on eCentire. Sure. So so my role as, as field CTO and chief cyber risk strategist is, is a combination of, you know, taking market research, customer feedback, uh, prospect feedback, keeping up with industry trends, um, and ensuring that we are thinking about everything the right way, the, the products we're selecting, um, the, the service delivery, 
uh, methodology we're, we're leveraging and are those things delivering meaningful security outcomes uh, according to the feedback and my research and things like that. Um, and then on the cyber risk strategy side of it, really just leveraging all this information that, that I have exposure to, to, to really craft how we should be thinking about these things and articulating uh, to our, our customers and our partners how they should be thinking about it as well. Because one of the challenges I see in this industry, and then, and then I'll get into to eCentire, is that historically, as people, we do things based on the outcomes of them being done before. But in an industry like this that changes every day, we can only rely on what people did yesterday for so long. Mm -hmm. So we constantly have to ask, is this the right thing? Is this the right way? Can I be doing this better? Um, and so where where we sit in that, you know, as, as a managed detection and response organization, we have to be ahead of business disruption for our customers. We have to be forward thinking all the time. We can't think about what was done yesterday, except to, con to, to ask ourselves, is this the best way to do it? And is there a more efficient way of doing it? So I love being in a seat where I can provide feedback uh, on those approaches. Uh, and then, so so a bit about East Entire. Uh, East Entire has been around since the early 2000s, uh, an authority, the authority in managed detection and response. And essentially what we do is we integrate into our customer environments uh, via various technology mechanisms, uh, bring telemetry into our uh, XDR platform and take the noise out of our customers' environments in terms of what they need to be looking for, where does the data need to be come from, uh, coming from for us to make decisions around where and how uh, to hunt for threats in their environment 24 by 7. And then the real differentiator and what we do being that we actually take action for our customers when we find something. So it's not a simple, oh, something went bump in the night. Let's just, you know, throw that over and let them know we're actually going to contain that threat and then provide the forensic data uh, to inform our customers of, of, of what we saw. And I mean, if you think about the world today where it's, it's difficult to, to hire and retain talent, data's exploding, it's everywhere, users are everywhere, you know, security is a pretty stressful job nowadays, you know, no matter which side of it you're on. I saw a LinkedIn post where someone said, I realize the H in cybersecurity stands for happiness. And well, there's no H in cybersecurity, <laughs> so we know, <laughs> we know what they were saying. Um, but in addition to MDR, uh, we want to be able to meet our, our customers and enable our partners to have conversations um, that meet their buyers where they are in their journey. So we do have advisory services as well to kind of assess where you are, where you need to go, build that roadmap. Then, of course, the MDR that's like that, hey, let's prevent that business disrupting event. And then we also offer incident response services in the event that the stuff does hit the fan. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that's been interesting about you guys coming into our portfolio is that, uh, I guess, if if I boil it down to flexibility and 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 there's just more situations that you can help in uh, because of all of the different, uh, you know, it goes back to what what you mentioned, right? It, it's clear to me that these things that you've seen, these things that your feedback you're getting, what customers are asking for, is truly fed into how the products are designed because um, some people have a one size fits all solution and that's fine, right? They want to focus in on just that. They're going to be the experts on that. Great. But what we've seen and the opportunities that, that we've put in front of you that, that you've closed um, it's because every customer is at just at, at such a different place. Um, some people know that they have gaps. Some people were helping uncover what those gaps are. And, you know, I'd love to go in, sell everybody every layer of the security right. solution but that's not a realistic budget they'd have no money left to pay their employees so 
the reality is I, I think you, you all have done a fantastic job in saying if they're at this stage, then we can leverage this product. And it's really been proven in that, you know, you've thought from the prevent portion all the way to the consumption of the data, all the way through, uh-oh, uh, bad stuff has happened. What do we do about it? And I think right. the other spot that's great for, for eCentire and for you is that you are right at the, the middle of this. Uh, somebody was telling me yesterday, there's over 100,000 jobs just on LinkedIn alone with right. the requirement of CISSP. I mean, that's not, that's a fraction of the broad security job. So, you know, you add in all, all of this stuff, you add in perfect storm, the, the COVID, the shortage, the everything. Uh, I mean, we were, we were out talking at our, at these events about the shortage of security talent in 2018, 2019, <laughs> and yeah. now it's to your gotten point, shorter. right? So, so to, you guys are going, Hey, we're, we're here. Uh, we can help. Yeah. So yeah, I'll solve that problem for you. Love right. it. You guys have done a fantastic job in that. So back to you've, you've seen a lot, you've, you've figured out early on in your career, what you liked, what you didn't like, where you wanted to focus flashing back the last few years, right? You've seen a lot of things. What do you like most about working with this? And then maybe even trans, uh, transpire that into what have you learned that you feel that's been the most valuable in these conversations? I, I think, so what I love about what I'm doing now, um, and I'll, I'll back up a little bit because before I came to East Entire, I was actually um, a systems engineer and then a solution architect uh, at a value-added reseller. And I thought I would love it because I thought it would enable me to solve problems. Um, but what I was doing was I was selling product. Mm -hmm at that time, not really understanding that this organization is going to take this technology, they're going to deploy it, they'll probably get some professional service to get it stood up on day one. But beyond that, are they going to have the team to manage it? Are they going to be able to, you know, do threat intelligence research to make sure that their technology is looking for the right things? And if they did, are they going to have the time to update it? So I started to quickly learn I wasn't solving the problem that I thought I was solving. So what I love about Ecentire is have your technology, right? We're going to sit underneath all of that. We're going to pull in telemetry from what you have in your environment, and we know where to look. So on the one hand, we're helping you maximize your security investment. We're solving the problem of the skills gap because you don't have to bring on a whole bunch of people to manage these various technologies in different areas of your environment. But then also we can level up the internal team so they're not chasing down like false positives out of a sim platform all day long and they can focus on maturing the program versus playing whack-a-mole all day. <laughs> so I see a ton of value in that. Uh, and, and what I've learned as I've been with Ecentire is just the pace at which this industry changes and how you have different verticals and different organizations have different resources and priorities as an industry, it's difficult to settle on what good looks like. So you get into all these conversations around, well, I'm having trouble defining KPIs and metrics and how do I measure my security program and how do I quantify risk? And then you throw threat in the mix and it's changing all the time. Um, it's, it's really difficult uh, for leaders to, to really feel good about what they're saying that looks like and, and then more importantly, be able to demonstrate the effectiveness of their cybersecurity programs, especially now that boards are taking uh, much more interest. So I feel like I am with an organization that's solving the right problems today because this, you know, East Entire takes the complexity out of figuring out what to do. But then on the other end of that, because of everything we see, we have the, the direct information that will tell you, hey, here's where you need to focus your spin. Here's how you articulate that story to get what you need. Isn't it funny too how the 
you know, doing security in a customer's environment and the desire to have some of that outsourced over time has gone from years ago, no way, I'm not no going to have yes. a third party in my, <laughs> put a black box in the environment that I don't know what it does. No, no, forget that. That's crazy to where, okay, we're open to a managed firewall. Okay, we're open to a managed endpoint solution. All right, well, can you help us with this SIM? Because it's really hard to set up and we don't know if we're getting false positives, false negatives or what. All the way to that far point, you talk about the board where we're on these discussions and you know we, we always want to, you know, we just want to help and, and we want to help uncover what the customer might not know the problems are, and then they right. can figure out where they're going to budget and plan for those. But it's gone even a step further now to where, yes, they're open to fully outsourcing everything because they can't find the skill set and all that good stuff that we've talked about. But it's gone even to, hey, help me prepare for this board meeting or help me prepare for my costs with this conversation with my manager to, um, can you be in this board meeting with us? Like, I mean, right. it's it's crazy how this has just done a 180 since how it started. Absolutely. So uh, we're talking a lot about, uh, you know, how quickly these things change. Um, you know, we talk about Moore's Law, you know, on every 18 months, the transistor that's made is obsolete or doubled or, you know, whatever. The The security world, I think, to your earlier points, is even faster paced than that. And and it seems like the bad the bad folks out there are are, are staying fifteen steps in front of us, and they they don't uh, as Jeff Hathcote says right they don't generally work between the hours of nine and five they work whenever they want so right you know we're we're talking about the solutions and we're going to get into an example here of some of your products in a second we're talking about now but talk to me about how does Ecentire approach looking around the corner, what's coming, you know, whether that be R and D or what's next or whatever, uh, talk to me about your, your view on that. Um, I think from a service delivery perspective, we have, uh, an incredibly important role to play, right. Within the organizations of our customers and the ecosystem of our partners as extensions of their team, we are literally seen as the experts, right? We often get that question. What should I be looking at? How do I think about this? And so in order to do that, we do have to spend a great deal of time in the research space. Um, and then on the other end of that, developing um, technology capabilities or enhancing uh, the capabilities of the technologies that we leverage to get us to being able to detect things faster, make decisions faster. How can we pick up things that the technology might miss so that you know we can stay, like we say, ahead of uh, keep our customers ahead of business disruption. And so we have an entire team dedicated to that. Uh, we refer to them as our true team, our threat response unit. And that team is made up of a threat intelligence team. That's the team that does all the research. So what topics are tracking in the industry? What's going on on the dark web? Let's let's do a deep dive on this major industry breach. Things of that nature, lessons learned, etc. Um, a tactical threat response team. That's the team that then takes the information from threat intelligence and creates advanced detections. Like what, you know, they'll look at uh, a new tactic or technique of an attacker, say, based on the MITRE attack framework and say, okay, is there a faster way for us to get down to this detection? Or is there a different technology in the environment that would be closer to this threat than the technology we're leveraging uh, to look for today? Uh, and then the third team is our advanced threat analytics team. And that's the team that actually builds the machine learning models that continue to learn so that we can pick things up that even technology is missing. Um, and we do some of that work on top of our uh, endpoint technology. So we're partnered with Carbon Black, CrowdStrike, Sentinel-1, uh, and Microsoft 
and we are actually able to detect uh, the presence of threats that sometimes the technology itself misses, and, and that's what we're there for, right? Um, and so it is a great deal of research and development that goes into really understanding the industry on the side of threat, but also market trends um, as well, because we have to pay it. We can't just say, okay, we support these four endpoint technologies, and, and that's it, right? Our approach is is best of breed and these technologies are best of breed for a reason. So if if one of these technologies falls behind, we have to keep up with, with the market and be able to answer the question of our customers. We never wanna lose a customer because they pivot from one endpoint vendor to another and we haven't operationalized that technology. So we, we have to stay ahead in both of those areas. I have to imagine, I'm, I'm just envisioning a bunch of people in a dark room with some dimly lit screens. This guy here's got uh, Metasploit open. This person here's rocking Kali Linux and you're just, you know, you're plowing through the dark. It's got there's got to be some fun to that job. Uh, uh it's also pretty scary. incredible. Yeah, and I I talk to I talk to those guys and 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 gals and I I always say when I joined East Entire, I thought I was smart and then I called the sock <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I know nothing." It's <laughs> uh, terrifying. Fun uh yeah. be a fun gig. Uh, okay, so so you dropped some things I, I want to talk about a, li a little of the products uh, in this. So let's talk about um, you know I'd love to go through kind of an example because the the you know you've mentioned it where you've got some key products that that you manage and that you support, but you, you know the goal is to support whatever the customer really has. But maybe walk us through um, another thing that we always talk about on the podcast is sometimes the things don't look like. Uh, the, the end result doesn't always look like how it was brought into us. So I, I would love to hear just any example that you have of, of hey, we, we stumbled into this customer's environment or, or somebody told us that it looked like this. We found this and this and this was the problem. We ended up deploying you know, this solution and it encompassed these pieces and these products. And, and here was that outcome. Yeah, sure. Uh, what, one of my favorites is, is actually... Uh, back when I was a, a solutions architect with East Entire, I, I don't think I talked about that. I did start <laughs> at East Entire as a solutions architect. I've, I've been here five years in November, um, but there was a, a deal I was supporting and we were kind of figuring out what was going to be in scope. It was a fairly large organization and, you know, you talk to internal teams and there's the whole conversation around, well, if we're bringing in a managed partner, what am I going to do? But, you know, and so there were, there were some pretty, the conversations had a bit of friction in them in, in the beginning. And so we we were being limited to, to one area of the environment, right? And so just to back up a bit, when, when we monitor our customer environments, we leverage the technology in their environment to, to pull in the telemetry to help us make decisions. So the areas we focus on are the edge or, or the network. We focus on endpoint. And then we also want to, to be able to, you know, um, also help our customers maximize the investment of other technologies in their environment. And that's where the logging platform uh, comes into play. And from that perspective, um, we work with Sumo Logic uh, and Azure Sentinel. So in, in this particular environment, we were limited to network because they had just invested in an endpoint technology that we, we didn't operationalize. It was not on the list of, you know, what we considered the endpoints that, that we wanted to target from a best of B perspective, but they just invested. And mm -hmm. so you, you, you work with what you work with and we're going into this proof of value and we put one network sensor in and we start to see activity The our SOC immediately starts to alert. Uh, there's an endpoint that's reaching out to this IP address. It looks malicious. 
So we perform an investigation, but obviously if you're sitting at the edge, you don't have visibility into what's going on um, at the endpoint level. So we can take advantage of what they already had in place by getting logs. But if you think about a log, a log is the result of something the technology has seen. So if the right. technology doesn't see it, you never get that log. And so we decided as to to open up the the the, the POV a bit and and add some of our endpoints in so we could get that telemetry and and tell more of the story. Um, and by the end of the engagement, uh, we were having conversations about replacing the endpoint technology that was in place getting logs as well because by the time we got to the the end of this investigation to figure out what was going on we'd already deployed those technologies so we could get additional visibility and it was that incident that showed them the value right of our multi-signal approach and and then the engagement itself allowed their team to see we're not replacing you we're an extension of your team you know your environment much better than we do you're going to have context that we don't have but the things going on in that wide world out there and the best technology to get you down to being able to figure that out and do something about it, that's where our expertise lies. So we thought we were going into this engagement, maybe putting in a couple of network sensors and we're going to grow it and they'll see. Mm -hmm. And then we do this proof of value. And it was like, yep, give give it all to us. We get it. Thank you so much for saving our bacon. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny um, sometimes how it's just, we can sit here and we can preach all the things that we think people need to do. And then you know, whether they think we're credible or not credible, the moment they see the data, the, 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 they're convinced the data doesn't lie and maybe people do. So uh, now the data shows it. Um, right. It's fascinating to see that, how all of a sudden there was no budget and there was no need and we had it dialed in and boom. Oh, uh oh, did you know? And, and you know, it's funny. I think that was, you know, our, our partners are always asking us for discovery questions, right? As they're talking with their, their customers or they're sitting down in a QBR or whatever it might be. And I'm a big fan of, you know, going back to kind of the Zig Ziglar overcoming objections, you know, sales 101, 201 stuff. And and part of that is when the customer comes back and says, you know, simple things like, hey, uh, if you ask them, hey, do, do you have, you know, what's your security plan? Are you good? Do you have a, do you have a firewall? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm good. Well, okay. Well, push that just a little step further of the simple things like, well, yeah, but do you have the tools and the technology to have that visibility of traffic that's running east, west, north, south, could you pinpoint any device, what's happening on any moment in real time? You can't, right. then to your point, you're looking at a needle in a haystack that's a haystack that's three months old, right? So the-, the Almost a needle in a stack of needles, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's even harder. Yeah, so true. Um, okay, so, so as we get kind of towards the end here, just a couple final thoughts. Uh, again, if- Back to the partner purview. If I'm a partner, I'm listening to this. Maybe I'm I'm selling something adjacent. Maybe I I went after contact center. Maybe I was selling this customer network or mobility or or whatever. Um, what what would you advise that customer? Right uh, from your perspective, talking to what is that talk track with the customers? I know I just threw out some overcoming objection things, but you you know your perspective, your best advice on on starting this conversation in these areas. I've I've had a lot of conversations with um with partners that are actually I don't want to say afraid but not mm -hmm. fully confident in kicking off a security conversation because they're afraid of where it might go. Um and and my advice is a security conversation should start with a business conversation because every security conversation is going to be different based on the business needs. 
you know, those of us have been in the industry for a while and have studied for these certifications at the management level specifically, it doesn't matter how technical it is or, or how much you learn about the different domains of security at the end of the day, our, we, we, our goal and what we sign up for when we take these exams is to protect users and align to the business objectives. So you want to have a business conversation to understand what those objectives are. Then you start to figure out how you can help. So understanding the business, understanding the concerns of the security leader that you're talking to, there are some assumptions that can be made. I'm not sure there are many organizations out there that aren't struggling to find talent. Um, which means that they have likely a lot of technology that they're not able to manage. And that puts them at, at a lot of risk. You you want to talk about risk that, I mean, you don't even have to get into any frameworks or anything. If you've got technology that's making noise and you've got no one to answer it, that's a huge risk. And then if no one's there to answer it, no one's probably there to, to tune it. So are you even being alerted to the right things? That's a very easy conversation to have, you know, um, I think a really easy question to answer to get the conversation started is, well, if you think about your security program, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one yeah. to 10? Uh, it, it does a lot. It tells you who you're talking to. Cause if someone says a nine, I, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure that yeah. conversation is going to go very far because no one is things change mm -hmm. every day. If someone says there are six, that's a conversation you can have because then you can open it up and say, all right, well, why do you feel that way? What's top of mind for you? What are you focused on to improve? And then you know where to take the conversation from there. It might be phishing security awareness training because I think our users are the worst or I, I really think we need some help. We're ready to outsource a bit of this and you know you know where you need to go. And then if they tell you there are two, maybe they're not ready for something as advanced as managed detection and response. Maybe they do need some sort of assessment to set a baseline for them, let them know where they are and then build out a roadmap. But as the partner on that journey, you know, you have the ability to have all that business context and tie all those vendors together that are building that complete security solution while each of the vendors are only focused on the area of their environment where they're able to solve the problem. So there's a lot of value in being a partner on that journey and just opening it up and having the business conversation and showing value because you can help these organizations understand where to look and what to prioritize. Love that. Those are, those are pro tips. Those are gold. Uh, everybody needs to transcribe that and write that down and put that on a sticky <laughs> note. Every conversation you have. Awesome. Thank you for those. Uh, final thoughts here. So, uh, you know, if we look in the crystal ball of where, you know, what we know about security today might be different and something new and crazy come up that we go, Oh my gosh, how is, how has that been a breach or how, how do we not think of that? You know, your, your perspective, uh, and maybe I'll set the stage with, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of buzzwords, there's SASE and CASB and ZTNA and, and this kind of evolution to flipping security on from trust certain people and allow certain people in to trust nobody and only, you know, do implicit allows and things like that. What's your perspective, final thoughts on where this whole detection, response and security industry goes in the next 12, 24 months? Uh, I'll speak uh, from the perspective of the security industry first, because, uh, and this might sound strange coming from me as a vendor, but I'm actually quite frustrated uh, with how we've allowed, I'll call it the buzzword bingo, uh, to confuse our buyers, right? We we had MDR, then all of a sudden it was MXDR and MTDR and all these things, and then XDR, and how's that different from MDR? Wait, OpenXDR? Hybrid XDR? So we need to go back to basics. I think that 
we've gotten really wrapped around the axle on, you know, features and functionality and splitting hairs. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to fit into this, this little slot here. Um, but that just turns into more tool sprawl for organizations. It becomes very confusing and they don't understand how to, you know, um, uh, I would say validate what they're buying or the outcomes that they're getting as a result. So we do need to go back to basics and understand why we're here in the first place and what's the most effective and efficient way I can get there. So that's number one as an industry, we just have to do better, stop being so confusing. We're smart, everyone loves us, we're rock stars now. We don't have to make things overly complex in order to you know keep a seat at the table. But from a managed, uh, a managed detection and response or detection and response perspective, I think in theory, it stays the same. Organizations will always have more data than they can manage, especially when you start to add AI to the mix. Um, our adversaries are leveraging the same technologies we are, uh, but the problem is we have to get it right every time. We have to go through procurement processes. You know, We have to meet the needs of multiple areas of the business and they just gotta get, get it right once, right? Kick a door in and, and wreak havoc. So that's always going to be a challenge. I'm hoping the skills gap won't be a challenge forever, but it will be a challenge for quite a while. Um, so just from an outcome perspective, I think the need for detection and response capabilities um, from, a, from a provider perspective will always be necessary, but the, the delivery of it will have to continue to evolve as businesses evolve, as more organizations move to cloud, start to understand cloud, shift left, introduce more automation, users are, are more and more spread, data starts to become more and more valuable. And then we haven't even touched on like Web3 and you know the metaverse and things like oh, that. Yeah. So um, yeah, from, from, a, from a, at its core, it, it shouldn't change, um, but just continuing to evolve and meet the specific need of the environment and keeping up with technology trends and how interaction uh, customer or users and businesses are interacting with these technologies will be critically important because the attackers are literally looking for the thing that we haven't looked for. So we have to just make sure we're looking for everything the same way they are. Love it. All right, Tia, I think that brings us uh, brings us to the end today. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. All right, thanks for having. This was fun. Thank you. It was fun. You're in high demand too. You're you're out there. You're everywhere. So I appreciate you making some time for us. It's been awesome. Trying to save the world. Got to save the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. That uh, that wraps us up for today. Tia Hopkins, field CTO and chief cyber risk strategist for Ecentire. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this concludes the podcast for security detection and response. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit tolaris.com for more information.